With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to Depictions Media Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. La ministre du Développement International, la ministre Karina Gould. On a un invité spécial ce matin, M. David Morley, président et chef de la direction d'UNICEF Canada. Bienvenue, uh, M. Morley. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this press conference on, the, on Canada's global vaccination effort. Uh, we have uh, Minister of Public Services and Procurement, Minister Hanan, joining us from Oakville. We have Karina Gould, Minister of International Development. And we have our VIP guest this morning, David Morley, uh, President and CEO of UNICEF Canada. We will start with Minister Hanan in Oakville and then come back here uh, in Ottawa. Minister Hanan, the floor is yours. Thank you so much and good morning. In order to ensure that Canadians emerge on the other side of this pandemic, the Government of Canada secured a large and diverse portfolio of COVID-19 vaccines from leading manufacturers. Dès le départ, nous avons... From the very beginning, we worked with our providers in order to stabilize and speed up the delivery of approved vaccines to Canada. That is how we have been able to continually exceed our delivery targets. Our contracts were the foundation of our work, and since signing them last summer, we have continued to negotiate hard at every turn, pressing for earlier and earlier deliveries. Between December and the end of March, we brought in a total of 9.5 million doses, surpassing the initial target of 6 million by the end of the first quarter. We had projected reaching a total of between 48 and 50 million vaccines by the end of the second quarter. Canada surpassed that target too with more than 50 million doses in the country to close out the month of June. And as we continue to bring in millions more mRNA vaccines each and every week, Canada is on track to hit a total of more than 68 million doses by the end of July. Notre gouvernement s'est assuré... Our government has ensured that we will have a healthy reserve of vaccines to ensure that Canadians will be able to access COVID-19 vaccines as quickly as possible. Par conséquent, et grâce. As a result, and thanks to the participation of Canadians in the vaccination campaign, Canada remained at the head of G20 and G7 countries for several weeks in regard to the proportion of the population that had received at least one dose. In addition, the percentage of our eligible population, which is entirely vaccinated, 
is continuing to increase by more than one percentage point per day. And in combination with Canadians stepping up to get vaccinated, Team Canada has remained steady for many weeks at the top of the G20 and G7 for the share of the population with at least one dose of vaccine. We also continue to add more than a percentage point of fully vaccinated eligible Canadians every day. Last week, we led the world in the number of vaccinations performed, covering 9% of Canadians. Specifically, nearly 55 million doses have been delivered to Canada to date, with over 42 million doses administered across the country. That means 79% of eligible Canadians have received at least one dose and 49% are now fully vaccinated. This is incredible. With the significant deliveries over the past months, the federal government is now holding a surplus of close to 3 million vaccines on behalf of the provinces at their request. This reserve is in addition to the vaccines that are already distributed to the provinces and territories. To put it plainly, the vaccines are here, and they're here in the millions. If you have not already done so, I encourage everyone who is eligible to get vaccinated as soon as possible. In fact, I will be joining the Prime Minister to meet with volunteers from This Is Our Shot, later today. They are doing incredible work to support Canadians to get vaccinated in order to bring an end to this pandemic. I want to thank the This Is Our Shot team and all of the organizations and volunteers across Canada who are making this vaccination effort possible. While Canadians continue to lead the world in vaccine administration, we know that the picture is very different in many places around the world. And we also know that this pandemic will not end until it ends everywhere. I am pleased to announce that Canada is donating a total of 17.7 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine under our advanced purchase agreement through the COVAX initiative. This donation is possible as a result of our proactive approach to securing hundreds of millions of COVID-19 vaccines in our initial contracts. With close to 55 million vaccines in Canada and with the demands of the provinces and territories for this vaccine being met, we are now in a position to donate these excess doses. Cette mesure a été prise après... This measure was taken after the Public Health, Health Agency of Canada communicated with the provinces. It was only taken once it was determined that the AstraZeneca vaccine doses that remained under our purchase agreement were considered as excess doses. As we have committed from the outset, we are donating millions of vaccines to help to meet international needs for the most sought-after commodity in the world. As Canada continues emerging, emerging from lockdown, and as we can finally return to some of the things that we've missed so greatly over the last 16, 16 months, we will continue to do our part to ensure that we finally beat COVID, both here in Canada and abroad. Thank you. Meg Wetch, merci beaucoup. And now, Karina Gould, our Minister of International Development, will say a few words. Karina, over to you. Great. Thank you so much, Anita. And I would like to take a moment just to recognize your tremendous efforts uh, in the vaccination campaign here in Canada and also to note uh, the incredible announcement that you just made as well. From coast to coast to coast, people living in Canada are rolling up their sleeves and getting their second dose. I got my second shot a couple of weeks ago. Together, we are taking steps towards returning to a more normal life. 
One where we can hug friends and family and get back to the people, places, and things that we care about. I am so very grateful to the incredible healthcare workers who are working tirelessly to make this all possible. But as my colleague Minister Anand mentioned, around the world, most people don't have access to effective COVID-19 vaccines like we do here in Canada. This is a global crisis that has increased inequalities and reversed development gains. And we have seen how quickly the variants can mutate as they blaze through unprotected populations. That's why Canada has supported the global effort to beat the pandemic from the very beginning. To date, Canada has mobilized more than $2.5 billion in international assistance in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. But there is more that we can do together. With gratitude for our good fortune, we can reach out, give back, and help others get their vaccine too. And that's why we're here today. As Minister Anand said, Canada will be sharing an additional 17.7 million doses with COVAX, which brings our total donations to over 30 million, making Canada a leader in donations per capita. À ce jour, le Canada a mobilisé plus de 2,5. To date, Canada has mobilized more than $2.5 billion in international assistance in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, but there is more we can do together. With gratitude for our good fortune, we can reach out, give back, and help others get their vaccine too. That's why we're here today. As Minister Anand said, Canada will share 17.7 additional doses with COVAX, which will bring the number of vaccine donations to more than 30 million, dollars, 30 million doses, which makes Canada a leader when it comes to doses per, per population. Just get the vaccines to countries. We need to make sure that the doses end up in arms. This is why the Government of Canada is teaming up with UNICEF Canada to launch the Give-A-Vax Matching Fund. For every dollar that Canadians give to the Give-A-Vax Give Matching Fund, our government will match it. Your donation to UNICEF Canada will help frontline workers and vulnerable communities in developing countries access life-saving vaccines. Le gouvernement du Canada s'associe à the Government of Canada is teaming up with its longtime partner, UNICEF Canada, to launch the Give a Vax Matching Fund. For every dollar that Canadians give to the Give a Vax Matching Fund, our government will match it. Your donation to UNICEF Canada will help frontline workers and vulnerable communities in developing countries access life saving vaccines. UNICEF has already been instrumental in working with COVAX to roll out the world's largest vaccination campaign. It costs about $5 to administer two doses of a COVID-19 vaccine. This includes transporting the doses, training healthcare workers, and safely disposing of needles and waste. We will match UNICEF Canada's fundraising efforts up to $10 million, and if we all reach that goal together, we will be helping approximately 4 million people around the world receive a much-needed vaccine. 4 million people. Vaccines save lives, and by donating to UNICEF, you can help save one too. Visit unicef.ca backslash giveavax or you can text vaccines to 45678 to donate $10. I did that this morning. Les vaccins sauvent des vies et en faisant... Vaccines save lives, and by donating to UNICEF Canada, you can help save one too. Visit unicef.ca or text vaccines to 45678 to donate $10. We have a shot at making a difference to double down and get COVID-19 under control. Together, we can end this pandemic. Let's do this, Canada. It's your turn to give a vax. Now, I'd like to hand over the floor to our guest, David Morley, President and CEO of UNICEF Canada. David, over to you. Thank you very much, Minister, and thank you to you, Minister Anand, as well. Um, my name is David Morley, as, as you've been told. Uh, merci beaucoup de vous joindre à nous. Thank you for being here today. Every time a Canadian steps up to get vaccinated, we get closer to the finish line.
But as the Prime Minister has said, vaccinating against COVID-19 is not a race between countries, but a race against time. Time is ticking. The longer the pandemic goes on, the more intense its impact on children. With schools and social services closed, with health systems overwhelmed, and life-saving programs on hold, hundreds of millions of children around the world face increasing threats to their safety and well-being. COVID-19 is much more than a health crisis. It's a child rights crisis. And getting more vaccines into people's arms is critical to resuming life-saving programs for children and protecting us all from future variants that could prolong this emergency. As Canadians, we've witnessed firsthand the devastating effect the pandemic has had on our families, our friends, our communities, and children. These effects know no borders. And while things are looking better here, Children and families continue to feel the harsh impact of the global health crisis. The reality is this. The pandemic will not end for anyone until it ends for everyone. The Government of Canada's announcement today will help ensure that no country is left behind when it comes to accessing COVID-19 vaccines. And now, we are urgently calling on all Canadians to give a vax and donate to help UNICEF deliver life-saving vaccines to health workers and high-risk high groups in lower-income countries around the world. All of us can be part of ending the pandemic for all. Every year, in a normal year, UNICEF supplies vaccines for almost half of the world's children. We are the global leader in vaccine delivery. And that's why UNICEF has been tasked with procuring 2 billion doses before the end of the year and delivering them to some of the world's hardest to reach places. Vaccines will help protect essential workers on the front lines and other high-risk groups, including health workers in 92 low- and lower-middle-income countries. There are people like Alice Kafwa, who was one of the first frontline health workers to get vaccinated in Malawi. Upon receiving her first COVID-19 vaccination, she said, this is very emotional for me. The vaccine reduces the risk of contracting the coronavirus for me and for other frontline workers. Finally, there's hope for us, our communities, and all of Malawi. UNICEF has undertaken this ambitious mission, and we cannot do it alone. We are urgently calling on fully vaccinated Canadians to step up again and pay it forward by donating to the Give a Vax campaign. Until September 6, until Labour Day, the Government of Canada will match your donations dollar for dollar, meaning that donations will go twice as far to save lives. Working together to vaccinate the world is one of the most effective ways to help our children, our families, our communities, in the global community move beyond the pandemic. Together, we can save lives and protect the right to a childhood for children everywhere. Join us to give a vax. Please donate today at unicef.ca. Thank you. Okay, merci, thank you. Il faut maintenant prendre des questions des médias, une question et un suivi. Uh, we'll now be able to do, uh, happy to take question, one question, one follow-up. Uh, we will start on the phone line. Operator, over to you. Thank you, merci. You may press star one. If you have a question, vous pouvez appuyer sur étoile one if you have a question. La première question est de Juliane Lapointe de Radio-Canada. La parole est à vous. Oui, bonjour. Lorsqu'on parle... Question. We're talking about a donation of only AstraZeneca vaccines, which we know is not being used very much in Canada. It is not recommended as a second dose. So does this not mean that we are sending vaccines that we have ultimately rejected here in Canada? Are we not sending those to other countries? Uh, merci pour, pour la question. Uh Answer. Thank you for the question. I'd like to start by saying that AstraZeneca is a vaccine that has been approved by Health Canada as well as the World Health Organization. 
Additionally, there is high demand around the world for AstraZeneca. Several countries have received COVAX doses and have given AstraZeneca first doses. And they're asking for more AstraZeneca to be able to give second doses. I was co-chair of the COVAX group, which presides over how we will be distributing vaccines in less wealthy countries. This morning, this was discussed, and AstraZeneca is still a vaccine that is in high demand around the world. These doses will be welcomed by COVAX and our partner countries. D'accord. Puis là, comme on parle de surplus de vaccins, oui, allez-y, allez-y. Please go ahead. I'm sorry. I would just like to add something. With nearly 55 million doses of vaccine here in Canada. And given that we have satisfied the demands of the provinces and territories, we are now able to give excess vaccine doses to other countries. This was after discussions with the provinces and territories. And we know that we have already met their needs. And that is why now we can give away these doses to other countries. Thank you. Question. That brings me to my next question. We're talking about a vaccine surplus in Canada. I'm wondering where we at, where we're at when it comes to planning for a third dose. When do we think Canadians might have to get a third dose? Answer. Karina, I can take this question if you like. Well, I am the Minister for Procurement. So I can speak to the delivery aspect. We know that we will have 68 million doses here by the end of July. And if the Public Health Agency of Canada has said that Canadians has said by then that Canadians need another dose or a booster dose. We know that if that does happen, we will have the deliveries that we need to satisfy the need for that third dose of a vaccine. But ultimately, that's a decision that's up to the Public Health Agency of Canada. In addition, we are working closely with PHEC. But regardless, we have the vaccines for Canadians. We have a contract for boosters as well. Canada has the vaccines, the vaccine supply for this year and for years to come for Canadians. Merci. Uh, in English, please, Mr. Anand. Thank you. If you could repeat that, I think you're on mute, Minister. Thank you. Je m'excuse. Um, we have the contracts in place for a continued supply of vaccines coming into this country this year and in future years. Uh, for example, we will be receiving approximately 68 million vaccines prior to the end of July alone. We have 44 million doses of Moderna in total on order and 51 million doses of Pfizer in total, all of which will come prior to the end of September. So we are very well placed with our current deliveries uh, to ensure that all Canadians have access to vaccines as well as 
any boosters that may be required, we have contracts in place for boosters as well. So my strategy from the very beginning is to have contracts in place to meet the short and long-term needs of Canadians. And we are very well placed to have a continued supply of vaccines and boosters coming into Canada this year and in future years. Thank you. Operator, next question. Thank you. Thank you, merci. The next question is from Marika Walsh from the Globe and Mail. Please go ahead. Good morning, ministers. My first question, I think, goes to Minister Anand, but happy for Minister Gould to also weigh in. The press release says that the shots will start flowing in the coming weeks. Can you please confirm if these shots are the remaining AstraZeneca shots that Canada was going to source from the U.S.? And when that entire shipment will be completed? Is it the end of September as was initially expected, or is it the end of the, this year or something else? Okay, I will start, Marieka, and I'll hand it over to Minister Gold in case she has anything to add. So these doses are coming from our APA with AstraZeneca. And as you know, under that APA, we have secured a total of 20 million doses to be sourced from the United States. So the answer to your question is yes. These 17.7 million doses that we are donating are coming uh, from the bilateral advanced purchase agreement where the production is to occur in the United States. And the deliveries um, are expected to begin in the coming weeks. The logistics are being finalized right now between the supplier and the COVAX facility for distribution. And with respect to any future logistics and destination for the donated, do donated doses, I can hand it over to Minister Gould. Yeah, certainly. So, I, I mean, I think uh, Minister Anand covered it quite well. Um, as she mentioned, those conversations are ongoing between the manufacturer, the Government of Canada, and COVAX. And so once we have uh, final details as to where and when those shipments will take place, we will be sure to, to share those um, publicly. Uh, but at this point, those conversations are ongoing. Um, and my understanding is that as shipments become available, they will be distributed. Okay, thank you so much for those answers. Um, I want to ask as well about comments from the director of the Africa Center for Disease Control and Prevention. He highlighted specifically Canada's decision to keep the border closed to unvaccinated travelers um, as a decision that will further exacerbate inequities and make it harder to win the global fight against COVID-19. I'm just hoping um, you guys can respond to that. Um, well, I guess uh, it's, it's really more of a question for, for our colleagues, but I think Canada is taking a very cautious approach uh, when it comes to opening the border. I think it is really important for us as Canadians, as Minister Anand mentioned in her opening remarks, uh, Canadians have been really stepping up in incredible ways to get their vaccines. And, you know, vaccination in conjunction with uh, the public health measures that have been put in place over the past 16 months uh, means that we've been able to really suppress uh, the virus within Canada and I think that we want to ensure that we're doing everything we can to protect the Canadian population but that being said uh, this is why today's announcement with the 17.7 million additional AstraZeneca doses is so important in addition to the funds that we've already provided to COVAX as well as to the global fight against COVID, the matching fund, uh, to really ensure that, you know, we are um, doing all that we can as Canadians to fight and end this pandemic everywhere around the world. And, you know, if I can maybe just take this opportunity really quickly to highlight a little bit the work that UNICEF is doing um, and why this matching fund and why supporting them is so important is because, you know, when we're talking about the doses, 
those doses that we're donating are excellent. They're going to get to the country. But the support that Canadians and we will be providing to UNICEF will mean that those doses will land on the tarmac, but then they will go all the way from the tarmac right to somebody's arm. And it's supporting those logistics. We have, we're fortunate here in Canada we worked really hard on building a strong and robust health system, but not every country has that. And that's why making sure we're turning vaccines into vaccinations, which is a line I steal from uh, David, is really important. And maybe I'll just turn it over to David to comment really quickly on that. Thank you, Minister. And, and you can have the line. Uh, the, um, there's, you know, the work that UNICEF does every year, we distribute about 2.5 billion vaccines, the child, the regular childhood vaccines. That's why we have the infrastructure. That's why we know how to get the vaccines through airports, security, through the, through all that you have to do to build the cold chain, which is so important to keeping the vaccine going, to train the health workers, because it is different to give a, give a vaccine to an adult than it is to give to it to children, and to reach those frontline health workers. Because what this pandemic has meant for the world's children is that for the first time last year, the first time in 60 years, more children under the age of five died from preventable causes than did than the year before. That has not happened in 60 years. And it's not that the virus itself is killing the children. It's that all the regular support that uh, that countries are able to give that we that we help through through primary health through routine immunization that has all stopped. And if we want to be able to save those lives, we have to be able to continue. To, to, to manage to do the COVID vaccinations that are so important. And that's why this agreement that we have with the government to be able to match gifts that Canadians are making to us to end the pandemic, it's going to mean that it goes further. And it's also a way for Canadians to be global citizens by making their donation they know that they can end the pandemic in other parts of the world as well as we're working to end it here because it will not end for us until it ends for everyone. Prochaine question, s'il vous plaît. La prochaine question est de Raymond Fillon de TVA. La parole est à vous. Merci. J'aimerais. Question. Thank you. Regarding the 17 million doses that will be donated, are they part of the 100 million dose announcement that was made by Mr. Trudeau previously, or is this in addition to that announcement? Uh, answer. During the G7, the Prime Minister announced that Canada would donate up to 100 million doses. These 17.7 .7 million doses are part of that contribution. They are in addition to our existing previous contribution, our previous monetary contribution to COVAX as well as the 13 million doses that we previously announced that the Prime Minister announced under the G7 summit. Thank you. I have no follow-up. Prochaine question, s'il vous plaît. La prochaine question de Mélanie Marquis, La Presse. La parole est à vous. Merci. Question. Thank you very much. My colleague Raymond stole my question. So instead, I have a question for Minister Anand. Could you please update me on the situation of the Janssen vaccine? Where is that at? Bien sûr, et bonjour. Answer. Thank you. Hello, Melanie. I understand that the that engagement continues between the provinces and territories and PHAC regarding this vaccine. For my part, we will continue to function at the direction of PHAC in order to ensure that the provinces and territories' needs are met for all the vaccines approved in Canada. With more than 78% of eligible Canadians having received a first dose, 
and more than 42 being fully vaccinated, we will continue to work with the providers to ensure that vaccines are delivered to Canada on, a, on an accelerated schedule. I will add in English. Utility of the J&J &J vaccine declines as more and more Canadians receive their first shot of vaccine because, of course, uh, we cannot use the J&J &J for the second shot. And now that we see 79% um, of eligible Canadians having received at least one shot, that point becomes more and more important. Nevertheless, the analysis is ongoing between PHAC and the provinces and territories regarding their demand for the J&J vaccine. And for my part and PSPC's part, we will bring in millions and millions of vaccines and distribute them as determined by uh, the needs of the provinces and territories through the negotiations with the Public Health Agency of Canada. Merci beaucoup. Oui, Mélanie, juste avant ta deuxième question, la ministre aimerait juste faire une petite précision. The minister would like to clarify something before your follow-up, Mélanie. Yes, I would like to make a clarifi clarification. The 17.7 million doses are in addition to what was announced at the G7. Mélanie. Question. Just to come back to this, I feel like this wasn't entirely clear. Was the 17.7 million doses included in the 100 million? Or is it additional? Government announced that it would um, strike, uh, that it was striking a deal with Pfizer to get, I think it was up to 65 million booster shots. That was in April. That was before um delta really exploded now we have lambda and um maybe perhaps more to come and so what is um i guess what is the, the moral justification for having third doses here in canada when you have countries where people have not been vaccinated at all i mean just think about uh haiti cuba recently um, Mr. Morley, do you think Canada is doing enough on that front? Do you think we should vaccinate uh, poorer countries before headed, heading for a third dose? Thank you. Maybe, could I just start off just because the first part of the question uh, related to our contracts, and then I'll hand it over to um, Mr. Morley. So I, I want to be clear about our performance. We are actually operating on a two-track approach. The first track is to ensure that we have sufficient vaccines in this country to vaccinate every Canadian who wishes to be vaccinated. And prior to the end of this month, we expect to have 68 million vaccines in the country, which should allow us to meet that mark. In addition, we have procured additional doses of vaccines and booster contracts so that we can provide for any eventuality in the short or long term in terms of what COVID-19 may throw at us from a public health perspective. That's the first track. The second track is to ensure that we are meeting our global obligations. The multilateral pool procurement mechanism known as COVAX that we are working with in terms of donating these 17.7 million AstraZeneca doses is just one example of the way in which we are exercising this second track. But of course, there are other commitments that we have made to further support the second track. And this is the excellent work of Minister Gould, of course. Our over $300 million donation to COVAX to support both arms of the COVAX facility. The leadership role that Minister Gould is playing in the governance of COVAX 
is another way in which we are supporting this second track. And we will continue to operate on these two tracks to support Canadians here at home, as well as to support our global counterparts and global organizations working to ensure that people throughout the world have access to vaccine. Et ça suffit pour moi et peut-être Monsieur Morley peut That's it for me, and perhaps Mr. Morley can add something. The um, we have to do. As Canadians and as global citizens, I think we all have to do everything we can to try and end the pandemic, not only for us, not only because I want to be protected and everybody in the room wants to be protected, but for people we'll never know on the other side of the world. I think that this particular um, matching program, the Give a Vax program, you know, there's, it's a reminder that we have to go beyond as Canadians sitting back and expecting governments to do everything for us. It's taking our action of taking money from our wallets and making a donation to try and end the pandemic and having that supported by the government. And this, to the best of my knowledge, Canada is the only government in the world that is doing this right now, that is supporting this kind of civil, civic engagement and I think that we need to celebrate that I think we I can assure you I'm talking to my colleagues with UNICEF around the world to get other governments to do the same thing because this has to be more than just a government response just an industry response this has to be a global citizen response and this give a vax campaign is the beginning of turning this into a true global movement to end the pandemic Your questions right here on the floor. Well, news. Uh, Minister Anand, I, I uh, understand what you're saying about this two-track approach, but uh, given that Pfizer says that it's going to be applying uh, in the U.S. for approval for a booster, and I think more Canadians are probably thinking or are more concerned about whether they need a third shot in the light in, in light of Delta or whatever other variants, what message do you send to Canadians who, who are unsure about needing a third shot in the light of donating other shots? Like, Can you simplify that two-track message to reassure a Canadian who is worried about whether they'll have access to that dose. Most definitely, and thank you so much for the question. The bottom line is that we have contracts in place and are very well placed for the continued supply of vaccines and boosters this year and through the next few years. We have the contracts in particular with both Pfizer and Moderna for the supply of 95 million doses prior to the end of September. And we have an additional booster contracts in place with Pfizer and are negotiating others uh, for the continued supply of additional vaccines or enhanced vaccines as the need may arise uh, in the coming months and years. Uh, let's remember that on top of the 95 million doses of mRNA that we have coming from both Pfizer and Moderna this year alone, we have options on another 25 million doses of Pfizer should the Public Health Agency of Canada determine that we need those doses. And in addition, as I mentioned, we are very well placed uh, for the receipt of booster shots into Canada through our contract with Pfizer. And so we will continue to ensure that Canadians have access to both vaccines, boosters, and whatever else is needed. Uh, we were one of the first countries to sign with Pfizer for vaccines last summer and to sign with Moderna last summer. And we were one of the first countries to sign with Pfizer for the uh, continued provision of boosters and any enhanced vaccine that they bring to market through the next years. Uh, so the bottom line is we are very well placed for a continued supply of vaccines and boosters into Canada. Thank you. Maybe I can just add to that um, in the sense that, uh, you know, 
Minister Anand has done such a phenomenal job procuring vaccines for Canadians and the AstraZeneca vaccines that we're talking about would be used as first and second doses. Um, and so these are not booster vaccines, these are vaccines that are going to be used for initial doses in other parts of the world. And I think that you know, as Canadians, we're watching what's happening in other countries and we're seeing particularly, you know, how the Delta and the Lambda variants and potential other variants of concern are arising. And one of the best ways that we can help fight those variants and new variants from emerging is by vaccinating people right around the world. So with greater vaccine coverage in the world, there's a much greater reduction in the emergence of variants of concern. So it's both the right thing to do morally, but it's also the right thing to do from a public health perspective. Thank you. Uh, and on that question of a booster still, I, I understand neither of you are the health minister, but I'm, I'm hoping that you can weigh in because the White House has been pretty clear uh, across the government that now is not the time for Americans to be getting a booster. What is the Canadian government's message on, on whether a third Pfizer shot or, or a booster shot is necessary at this point in time? Well, I will start, and if Karina has anything to add, she feel free to do so. But as you know, my role is to bring vaccines into Canada by the millions, and I follow the advice of the Public Health Agency of Canada, as well as the Vaccine Task Force, in terms of what supply is needed for Canada. And we have secured a supply of vaccines for Canadians to meet any potential future needs in terms of our contracts for delivery of vaccines this year. Um, we will bring in 95 million doses of mRNA vaccines alone prior to the end of September. And in terms of any future needs of the country, I know that the Minister of Health and the Public Health Agency of Canada rely on the best available science. And in procurement, we simply stand ready to meet whatever demands may arise, which we have done with PPE, with rapid tests, and with vaccines. And we are here to continue to bring in the necessary goods for Canada. And as you noted, I am not the Minister of Health, but I think what Canadians should have confidence in is that the Public Health Agency of Canada is doing this work. They are doing the research. They are looking into it, as is the Vaccine Task Force, and they can have confidence in the Government of Canada's procurement, as Minister Anand has demonstrated, uh, with the doses that have arrived in Canada. And the final thing is we should be encouraging every Canadian who has not yet signed up to get their vaccine to go out and get it. We're doing exceptionally well in terms of, you know, the percentage of eligible Canadians, um, but there's still eligible Canadians who uh, have not been vaccinated. And so, you know, let's, let's get maximum coverage here in Canada to do what we can to protect ourselves. Hi there, Mackenzie Gray with CTV. My first question is for Minister Anand. Uh, you noted that the 17.7 million is the lion's share of the U.S. deal we're getting for AstraZeneca. Does this mean that Canada is not expecting to get any more AstraZeneca shipments? Uh, and if we are, can you tell us when we're expecting them and how much we're going to be getting? Uh, most definitely. Hi, Mackenzie. Uh, the decision to donate was made after we heard from the provinces and territories that the demands for AstraZeneca vaccines within their jurisdictions had been met. Uh, so we are making sure that we are meeting demand here at home for vaccine prior to making the decision to donate the 17.7 um, million doses. And so that is uh, the modus operandi thus far and we will continue to make sure that we are operating on this two-track approach meeting the needs of Canadians while also fulfilling and hopefully exceeding our moral commitment to the developing world as we are doing today with the 17.7 million uh, dose announcement um, and as we've continued to try to do throughout the pandemic through our participation in COVAX and through the financial commitment of over $300 million that we have made to COVAX. Thank you. Uh, my follow-up question, uh, Mr. Uh, 
Gould, I, I know you noted that AstraZeneca is approved by Health Canada, but Massey has come out and said that Moderna and Pfizer are preferred. People have died after taking AstraZeneca. Many provinces have stopped giving AstraZeneca out. And Minister Renand, you mentioned that we're sitting on a 3 million dose surplus. So why isn't Canada giving up some of its Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, considering we're getting a million over the coming weeks? And Minister Renand, is, are we not giving our Pfizer and Moderna up because the contracts say that we cannot donate those vaccines to COVAX? So, so I can start, perhaps, in, in just saying that, as I mentioned earlier, AstraZeneca is still very much highly in demand around the world. Um, there are uh, 100 million vaccines that have been distributed by COVAX already, uh, many of which, the vast majority, in fact, were AstraZeneca vaccines. And so now many countries who have distributed and, and gotten those shots in arms are looking for their second dose of AstraZeneca, and there is a, a very big demand for it. And so these 17.7 million doses of AstraZeneca will be very welcome uh, by the COVAX facility, as well as the countries that um, are receiving those doses because they, they're looking for them. The other point that I would make is that um, we're seeing huge increases in COVID-19 in many areas around the world. As I was mentioning this morning, I was co-chairing um, the COVAX governance group uh, for developing countries. And we're seeing a 17% increase in the Africa region. I think they said a 33% increase in the Eastern Mediterranean. But pretty much every area of the developing world is seeing an increase in COVID-19. And so they are looking to get uh, as many effective approved vaccines as possible to um, you know administer to deal with this uh, this new wave of COVID-19 vaccines so AstraZeneca is approved by Health Canada it's approved by the WHO it's effective uh, and countries have a big appetite for it and just in terms of the reserve that I mentioned in my remarks uh, please note that that is not a surplus that Canadians don't need. The reserve consists of doses that the provinces have asked us to hold on to moving forward due to the volume of deliveries over the last number of weeks. And so we expect that we will be delivering those vaccines to the provinces and territories when they are ready to administer them. We are just holding them for the provinces and territories. They are not a surplus. Thank you. If, if I may add also on the, on the logistics, right, because that's, we're huge, UNICEF is huge on the logistics, that the logistics around AstraZeneca are, are, um, I don't want to say easier, but they're more straightforward. You don't have the you don't have the ultra ultra cold that you have to have for Pfizer and the very cold, the almost ultra cold you need for Moderna. So that, for instance, in in we've spent the last number of years working with governments in West Africa to make an ultra cold chain for the Ebola vaccine. But there are many countries that don't use the Ebola vaccine, so they don't have the ultra cold chain in place. So it just means. For us, we're going to be involved in the procuring of what's approved by the WHO. AstraZeneca is, Pfizer is there. I mean, that's Moderna. That's who we work, how we work with. But we have to, as the distributors, we have to take into account what's the logistical and the cold chain like as well. So that's just a point to add. Over. Last question for today. Yes, David Burton, CBC News. And Minister Onan, if, if you could just kind of go back to maybe my colleague's question. Uh, are, we, is there, are there any restrictions when it comes to donating surplus doses of Pfizer or Moderna, those vaccines? Is there any restrictions about donating those? Well, thanks so much. Uh, we are in discussions with all of the suppliers relating to this particular point. And, of course, we are moving the 17.7 million doses of AstraZeneca uh, today because we were able to satisfy uh, ourselves that, A, it was permitted under the contract, and, B, that those doses wouldn't be used here in Canada. Uh, as I said, we're operating on this two-track approach to make sure that we are fulfilling the needs of Canadians as well as the uh, provisions that would be needed by developing countries, and we'll continue to operate in this manner. 
Thank you. And just totally on a different topic, this is just coming over the wires from Reuters. The World Health Organization's chief scientist on Monday advised against people mixing and matching COVID-19 vaccines from different manufacturers. Uh, he says it's a dangerous trend since there was little data available about the health impact. And the story goes on. So this news just broke over the wire. So I'm just curious, um, Minister Anand, Minister Gould, I mean, your ministers of the Crown, do you have any reaction to this? Does this impact in any way how we procure vaccines, how we distribute vaccines, whether we're going to hold vaccines in place for people who might need to I don't know, you got a Moderna and then you got something else, but you need to get a Moderna again because the science says you need to get it or whatever. Can we just get your reaction to that? Sure. Um, as the Minister of Procurement, my role is to continue to bring in millions and millions of doses of multiple vaccines from our diversified portfolio of vaccines into the country. That's exactly what uh, I'm doing and what I have been doing with my department at PSPC. In terms of the dose regimens and uh, the recommendations, those are decisions that are, at the end of the day, made by the provinces and territories who are responsible constitutionally for the administration of health care in their individual jurisdictions. For our part at the federal government, we will continue to follow the science and we will continue to bring in vaccines so that there is sufficient supply, regardless of what the recommendations are from the scientists. Uh, we want to always be there to support the provinces and territories in the administration of the vaccine, in their vaccine uh, campaigns, and so we will be there as a government and from procurement in order to do that. And I personally have had a mixed vaccine schedule, received Pfizer uh, in the first instance and Moderna in the second instance, and my whole family actually is, uh, had multiple different types of vaccines, and I will just say that we have done so based on the science and will continue to follow the science and the recommendations of uh, the province of Ontario, where we reside, as well as uh, the guidance that's coming out from other bodies. Thank you. And, and I would just say that uh, Health Canada is one of the top regulators in the world. Uh, NACI is comprised of, you know, some of the best experts that we have, and so they're making these decisions uh, based on the best science that they have available. And with the top priority being the health and safety of Canadians. Um, and I can say that um, I was actually uh, participating at a ACT Day um, uh, facilitation group meeting on behalf of, of Canada and as part of the governance structure. And, uh, you know, they, they actually were praising Canada's strategy for having wide first dose coverage, uh, as well as the results that they were getting from um, the studies that, that were being done in terms of the the mixing of um, you know uh, the the vaccines and so certainly what I've heard has been very very positive but uh, I think we always need to ask these questions of, of Health Canada and NACI who are the ones that are making these recommendations but I think we can all have a lot of confidence that they're doing it with our best interests and with the health and safety of Canadians top of mind. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Sorry, oh. Lee Berthume from the Canadian Press. Uh, I wanted to ask Minister Anand, um, you mentioned the, uh, the stockpile several times. Um, you said it's not a surplus. Can you explain what this stockpile that's being held for the provinces is actually for? And I'm curious uh, from Mr. Morley whether you find uh, a stockpile is appropriate, especially given the, uh, the needs that are out there right now. Sorry, I want to be clear, this isn't a stockpile of vaccines that are not needed by the provinces and territories. Basically, the provinces and territories have been inundated with vaccines because of our accelerated vaccine deliveries, and they are asking the federal government to hold the vaccines until they can house them in their individual jurisdictions. So once again, this is not a surplus. We are simply working with the provinces and territories 
laboratories to deliver vaccines on a schedule that they can accommodate in terms of the individual logistic and storage facilities in the individual provinces and territories. I'll refer you back to Brigadier General Brody's remarks from last Thursday where she also explained this point. Thank you. I think, um, you know, there have been issues around um, procurement and about production. Um, for me, a really good piece of news was that in South Korea, the, there's going to be some new production that's going to be happening of the vaccines. That's just been that's just been licensed. So for us right now at UNICEF, what we need is financial support to be able to buy what's getting produced, to be able to buy the syringes, to be able to get get the uh, uh, air freight, getting everything through. That's the most important thing for us right now is getting the financial support so that we can turn these doses into vaccinations because it's a very complicated step to make that. And, and as follow-up, I'm still unclear, uh, and hopefully, uh, maybe I just missed it, but I'm hopefully you can explain it again, um, why we are not doing any Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. You say we're going to get 95 million doses by the end of September. That's more than we need. So why are we not donating any of those? I'll start, Karina, and um, you can continue if you like. What we have seen in Canada over the last number of months is that there is very high demand for mRNA vaccines. And as a result, we are continuing to bring in the doses of Pfizer and Moderna so that we reach this point where we ha are enabling all Canadians who wish to receive a vaccine to receive that vaccine. In addition, we are still watching the science evolve in this area in terms of the potential need for an additional third shot or boosters. And so we are making sure that we have the supply on hand of these vaccines to be able to serve the needs of Canadians in the short and the long term. Any decision on the donation of doses needs to be made by the Public Health Agency of Canada in coordination with the provinces and territories. For my part, I will respond to the requests of the Public Health Agency of Canada to bring in doses as needed by Canadians in their assessment and if the decision is to donate, to donate do doses as we will continue to uh, work towards. This is the case with the AstraZeneca doses that are being donated today. There must be a determination on whether there are excess doses and once there is that determination, those doses can be donated. But only after the Public Health Agency of Canada makes that determination, it is not a determination that I make in any stretch of the imagination. Thank you. Perhaps I'll just um, add to that in that uh, the decision that we've made today to make the donation of the 17.7 million AstraZeneca is because they're excess to the needs here in Canada. And we have been throughout the process um, analyzing and assessing between the Public Health Agency of Canada, between uh, PSPC and Global Affairs Canada to ensure that if we are at a point where there are doses that are ready, that have been you know, manufactured and are ready to go, but we don't need them here in Canada, that we would be able to pivot them to be donated uh, through COVAX. Um, and so that's how this decision was made is that these 17.7 million doses are excess to the needs of Canadians and so therefore we are donating them to COVAX so that they can uh, be assured that they get into arms of people in need around the world. Okay, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for your interest. Go give the vax. Merci beaucoup. Thank Au you, revoir. everybody. Karina and <laughs> Mr. Morley. Bye, Bye, Anita. Thank you. Good to see you. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for listening today. And thank you for supporting us with our sponsors. Please go to Depictions.media for more information. And click on our contact link and let us know how we can help how we can help bring your story and help bring us to a better world This show has been produced by Depictions Media. Please contact us at depictions.media for more information.